Hi, everybody. I just wanted to quickly touch base because I know Ian and myself haven't been releasing content on a regular basis. I got a message from Teabag Tom about how much it's going to take to get somebody to finally edit one of our podcasts, and it motivated me to get this out today. So, first, happy birthday, Teabag. And second, I hope to see everybody at the Legacy Pit event coming up on September 18th. I'm going to be there, and it's going to be a blast of a time. We have an episode that we recorded with Nate from Eternal Dirtles that I'm still working on editing. It's a masterpiece, but we're pushing this one out a little before because it's more relevant to the Pit event. So I hope I see a lot of you there, and it's good to be back. Welcome to The Dead Format, episode 138. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the outlaw, the fugitive, Thomas Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. Uh, I don't know how much I want it. Like, I think we're going to end up talking about that a little bit, but I don't want to talk about it too much. I ended up going to the Leaving a Legacy event this past weekend uh, and doing really well and having a really good time until I got home and I checked some things that happened that I that I was told weren't gonna happen, and uh, and there was a, bit, a little bit of the drama that happened after that. Yeah, so you're a persona non grata now, but I guess you want to uh, you want to slow roll that. You want to you want to dive yeah, right into your tournament. Yeah, let's just talk about the magic stuff rather than like the all the messy stuff. That's well, I feel like I feel like we owe people something because I I talked to Tom Cairns just now and he said that the uh, the Nate episode hasn't come out. Is that true? Yeah, I haven't edited it. It's it was a three person episode that, yeah, uh, I yeah I haven't pushed it. We definitely owe we owe our listeners a lot. Well, we we just this. owe them a we owe them a quick status update on what's been going on, right? What uh, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a while since we touched base with anybody. So how's your summer going, bro? I'm back to school tomorrow. My uh, my summer got super busy, just from playing the game and how how <laughs> much I got sucked into that. But but I'm back to like a normal schedule, and we'll see how we can handle that tomorrow morning. Yeah, you know how they say like um, restriction breeds creativity. Like yes, you, I've you heard, heard that. that. Like with uh, with the robots, for example, they uh, they make them shape like humans or dogs or whatever to bound the the limits. Because if if you're just like, oh, this could do anything, then you don't know where to start, right? So you you start with a certain set of constraints, and then you know start coding from there, basically. That's how I feel about like the summer recording the podcast during the summer because there's so many more hours, right? I mean, from from your perspective, but also from my perspective, like I just feel like I have less to do during the summer. Yep. If there's a weekend that's not busy, it's like, oh, you know, I have all these, I have all these hours to do whatever with, and then they're just gone, right? I do feel like the summer completely flew by, and I definitely procrastinated way too much this summer for sure. Dude, it's the worst week of the year. Like, I, I'll never... I'll, I'll go to the grave saying the last week of August is definitely the worst week of the year every year. It is It is not the best, especially from a teacher's perspective. I know there are a lot of teachers that are like, oh, I can't wait to get back, but it's an adjustment. Or, like, doing two-a-days, like, back in the day. I remember, like, Pop Warner or high school, like, just yep. sweating, not hitting. <laughs> and fucking... Uh, it's just nasty weather every year. It's just like muggy. It's like ninety and like you know eighty-five humidity or whatever every mm-hmm. year, no matter where you are. It's just the, the nastiest week of the year. Yep, we uh, we had some electrical problems with the lines that our air conditioners were on after the hurricane. We had a wire come down and like uh, the the power in our house is like really really wonky right now, and the electrician doesn't know what's going on. So the I have my air conditioners off right now just because of that. It's kind of brutal. So you got you got an electrician to come out? Yeah, like we so when we bought the house, we had an electrician completely redo all of the wiring and after the hurricane, we started to get arc faults in our in our bedrooms upstairs. So either there was water that got in or there there's some some wiring issues that are like randomly just tripping the breakers for my office and our bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I turn the overhead light on in my office then it flips the breaker to our bedroom's air conditioner even though they're not on the same line nice and um 
Yeah, it's just like some ridiculous stuff happening and they couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. Damn. Yeah. Well, I blew the power in my office. I don't I think I talked about this probably on the cast, but I blew the the power up here in February, like the end of February, I think it was. And it was You had until, like a space heater plugged into a power strip or something? Yep. Yep. And, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I had three laptops and three monitors on it too. And yep. it was may before we got an electrician to actually show up and now we have the plan and the quote from the electrician about how they're going to rewire this this upstairs third floor basically Mm -hmm. but they're still like oh we might have some time next week whatever and we've called like tons of electricians bro it's just like it's impossible to get anyone to come out so anybody doing home improvement uh, like any any housework like that you just can't get anybody because so many people are doing home improvements because they're staying home because of like COVID or they wanted to do something during COVID and now is the first time like spots are opening up. It's impossible to get like a contractor, an electrician, or a plumber or anything. Dude, it's, it's crazy. It's literally impossible. It's it's fucking it's unbelievable. Like just how hard it is. Like you know, this is like seven months now trying to get an electrician to do something. Mm-hmm. This is uh. It's got a, a very third world sort of feel. Like when I did when I was uh when I was in Italy, when I was living in Italy, this is kinda how it felt. And now it's feeling that way again. All right. Well, I mean hopefully hopefully the backlog gets taken care of. I, I really don't think that's gonna be true. But uh, <laughs> but eventually you'll be able to have a plumber or an electrician come to your house and fix something for you. Also I apologize to all the my Mediterranean brothers out there. I didn't mean to call Italy third world. That was uh that was an accident. But Onto the uh, onto the magic. I got to play magic and it was friggin' glorious. How how it. long had it been for you, bro? Uh, in person. So there's no like Planeswalker Points website anymore. I can't like, I can't remember the last Legacy tournament that I went to to play in person. It was obviously before COVID, so at least at least a year and a half. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it might have. I don't know when the last time I played. It was at least a, a, a year and a half. We played the MTGO thing that we tried to record right. and turn into a podcast and that oh, was right, that yeah. was basically it um for that that entire time yeah so, the last sorry. tournament i played in i guess was eternal weekend online okay yeah, yeah i um i'm sorry i have played magic but i haven't played tournament magic. right so right. like i've cube drafted and, and booster drafted and done a, a bunch of stuff with uh with my friends but not not store level going to a tournament yeah same so what was it like bro what so I heard there were 94 people. Is that right? I think there might have been 96 or 97. Like, it was really close to 100. Okay. Uh, Everybody was wearing masks. I think everybody was just excited to be out and playing Magic again. Like, it seemed like a very normal time, except everybody was wearing masks. That's the only thing thing that would have been different from, like, the last Leaving a Legacy. What did you think? That was basically it. Was that, like, a net improvement or was that like a uh like you know Um, communicating i'm just talking about like strictly from the the perspective like you don't have to smell your opponent's breath obviously you don't have to oh i mean i think i think it was probably a positive from the health aspect i think like uh no i mean like from the non-health aspect though from like the like clear communications with like you know well, we'll talk about some miscommunications that happened later toward the end of the event, but I don't think that had anything to do with the masks. Uh, I didn't see any issues with people not being able to, like, communicate steps or what was going on because of masks. I think it was very, like, you can very easily hear somebody who was wearing a mask across from you. Like, there's a ton of nonverbal communication that's happening anyway, so, like, I don't think the masks affected it at all. That's so. what I'm thinking about is, like, I, I'm thinking about the subtle cues that people give off like the, the little tells with their mouth or the um like the people who mumble when you play against like people who mumble okay like i that, i did not play concern. against anybody who mumbled but i guess if somebody like was a mumbler and they weren't communicating very clearly it may be an issue but i i yeah. didn't experience and that i mean that's an issue either way that's just those were just my main concerns with thinking about it mm-hmm. no i think i think the masks were fine everything was good the people who were there, like, respected wearing them, and I, I don't know if there was anybody that got talked to about it. Uh, all in all, like, it was, uh, yeah, I, I had a great time up until the end. Yeah. So, what deck did you play? Okay, so I played uh, um, 
Robert Wilson's Jeskai Delver deck that um, he had been working on in Discord and we had been talking about a little bit. The idea was it was like, I've, I've been out of Magic for a while, so I wanted to play something that was similar to what I had played before. And it's Jeskai Delver. Like, I played it in Grand Prix DC in like 2014. Or maybe it was earlier than that. I can't remember when it was. But like, I've been playing versions of Jeskai Delver or Blue White Delver for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the cards were similar. Basically, it just integrated uh, Prismatic Ending, Ragavan, and Murktide Regent into that old shell. And um, Batter Skull got moved to the sideboard for um, Cauldra Complete. So did you play uh, Dragon Rage Channeler or no? I didn't. So his version that he's testing right now drops Delver for Dragon's Rage Channel uh, for, for um, that guy. Yeah. And uh, the blue counts down a little bit. He's running Fury in the sideboard to like to be able to utilize the red count in the main deck. Yeah. But I didn't play it. I just played regular old Delver. Um, my creature suite was four Ragavan, four Delver, three Stoneforge, and two Murktide. Oh. So it was um, yeah, it was like a very very one drop centric with uh with three Stoneforges and two Murktides. Interesting. Yeah, I mean Ragavan is like. It's all it's hyped up to be. Did you that play main deck plows too? Yes. Yeah. So you want me to go over my deck list first? I posted it in the um, in the Discord. Okay. But yeah, it, um, no, I just uh, I've seen a lot of the lists that are similar, but like four plows, two omens, three three, two four. What'd you do? So I did um, four lightning bolt, three swords, two um, prismatic. Okay. Um, I think. I think the current version of the list has less lightning bolts and more plows. Yeah. But I had an extra plow on the sideboard, and um, uh, the version the version that I played was uh, four bolt, three plow, two prismatic. Got it. Yep. Sweet. And I mean that removal suite was just like amazing all day. Pr- prismatic ending is just it. It's so much better than we thought it was. It's so great, right? It's, and it's it, it just it fixes a lot of those old matchups with like problem permanent types. Yep. So you can talk about it tra- trading even on mana with like Delver or Dragon Rage Channeler or Ragavan, but really just like being able to hit anything with it is right. is such a huge huge benefit. Yeah, I mean it's finally that decay that's not in black green, right? It's finally yep. that versatile answer, and I think it's like such a beautiful design. I really love that card. I do too. So, yeah. Uh, so obviously you were happy with the deck going in. What did you yeah. uh, What did you play against? So, uh, like, obviously, I wasn't. I was excited to play the new cards. I don't know if I was happy with the deck list. I um. Wait. So, did you buy the Ragavans? Yeah. Oh, I ordered them. What'd you pay? Um. What do you mean? Like, how much? How much did I have to get? How many? How much did you pay for per Ragavan? Uh, I can check my TCG player, but it was significant. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever, whatever Ragavans were a week ago, it was, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. And I bought Murktides as well, and then the Old Border Prismatics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those were all the new cards I needed to get, so. I snapped um, up the Prismatic, the Old Border Prismatic and the Murktides, like, day one. I don't know if they've gone up or down, but I think they're just worth having. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll get into how good Murktide was. Oh, but it's like, so gross. Yeah, the card is gross. I, w- I would have played... If I was building a new version of the deck, I would play three. Um, and the card was just great. So I uh, I got there, sat down, met my round one opponent who was playing Bant, and in my first game just proceeded to mulligan to five. And uh, I was like, oh, this is... I forgot. I forgot about this. Um, but I ended up winning game one on a mull to five. I, uh, I'm not Against sure. Bant, really? Oh, yeah. Against, uh, like, I don't know like how. Bant, a game, game one. Bant? Wait, what? You're talking about like you know miracles ban, right? Yeah, ban control. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I just answered all of his threats. I ended up um, prismaticing a Teferi and chipping away at his board. Um, I was basically just able to like answer everything he did, and I was able to wasteland him off of. Um, I can't remember what color I wastelanded him up, wastelanded him off of. Um, but I chipped away his life total after like cutting him off of a color of mana for quite a while. Hmm. Um, game two, I flip Delver, revealing Cataclysm, which I was one hundred percent debating not showing because like I didn't like I just didn't want him to know that I had a Cataclysm because that card is just. I'm like, sure so- he knew if he's if he's ever listened to the Caster play against you. I'm sure he knew. 
Well, okay, so like I, I flipped it, I revealed it, and I ended up casting it and like just completely turning the game around because he like he didn't stop playing out lands. So I think I got five of his lands, I got three creatures. Um he uh he actually played uh Endurance, that flash creature. Yeah. And was beating me down for a little bit because he flashed it in. Uh I dazed, he forced, and I didn't have another colored mana source on my second turn to be able to daze back. Mm-hmm. So it ate my Delver, and he beat me down with that a little bit. And I'm actually like at I'm at one life after um, after the Cataclysm, his attack, and me swordsing the Endurance. Mm-hmm. So he's got one land, um, no board, and uh, and I'm at one life, and I resolve uh, Merktide. Yep. Um, I have an unflipped Delver in play, the Merktide, and uh, and he's still like pretty pretty chunky, um, and he swords the Merktide, and I, I'm thinking about what play I can make because I have a force, but I'm at one, so I made like the maybe stupid line of swordsing my own Delver, forcing the swords on my Merktide, and ending the game in two turns, mm-hmm. and um, and that paid off. So nice. so I got I got that that one. Cataclysm was an all-star. Um, in fact, there was a point where I was considering putting the Cataclysm on the stack and holding priority and double-dazing it so I could um, return yeah, yeah. two lands to my hand. But I felt like because he wasn't holding lands back and he was running them out and he had already fetched up, I think, five total mana sources, he had like five lands and a fetch land in play, I um, I decided that the dazes were going to be more live and I didn't do that. Yeah, that and, makes sense. Uh, yep. So, so that was my that was my round one. It was really nice to get back into like actually playing Magic again. I thought I played pretty good, um, but obviously, like I got I got fortunate that I was able to resolve Cataclysm and that like I, I even on the multi five I was able to waste my opponent off of a color. Um, but it was it was a good entry back into Magic for sure. Nice. So round two, I play against an opponent who. I think he didn't have his round one opponent show up, so he got like the buy into round two. It wasn't the technical buy, but um, but his opponent just wasn't there, and he was playing burn, and um, it, like I just I don't think that's a very good matchup for them. Yeah, you had the uh, white, he, you had the white version of the deck. Yeah, I had the white version. Like even in game one, he didn't see a tundra, um, because my my draw was just like ragavan that he kept on going upstairs with his he like basically I was able to like still attack with a ragavan. Yeah. Um, and instead of killing it or blocking with his Bomat Courier, he chose to keep on going upstairs and to build the cards under Bomat. Really? Um, yeah, so, like, at the point of the game where it was at, I, I thought it was a tough call for him, Did right? Did he have the play? Um, he was on the play, yes. Okay, I can see So, that. he didn't, like, he kept, he kept a really good hand that only had one land. He didn't keep, he didn't hit his second land until kind of late. Oh. And um, if he hit his second land earlier, I'm not sure if I had enough counter magic to be able to like deal with all of his stuff. Um, I ended the game at four, but it was basically Ragavan giving me the mana advantage into like being able to drop Merktide and yeah. close the game up pretty quickly. Uh, I thought it was an interesting call not to trade Courier for Ragavan, but again, like Ragavan is legendary. Maybe he was thinking the way that I win this game is like drawing four off of this um, Bowmat, and maybe I'm just deadening one of the Ragavans in his hand. Yeah, it makes sense, honestly. Uh, and then in game two, he saw the white, and uh, he wasn't ready for Stoneforge. So, right. yep. So that was burn. Like you go to a paper tournament like that, you're you're not going to play against uh, every single meta deck for sure, and um, and that just like absolutely just wasn't the matchup for him. Hmm. Uh, and then I played against... Okay, so I played against Unknown. Unknown. I'm going to let you make the call on this and tell me how bad I am. I'm on the play in game one. I think I played Delver. Maybe I played a Ponder. Wait, no, I played a Delver. Wait, who are you playing against, though? Like, describe your opponent. Uh, so his name's Lucas. I can't remember what he looked like. Generic <laughs> magic player. How about that? Okay. Y- cool. You're judging based off of his first turn play. Like, what color sleeves, what kind of playmat, anything? I can't remember that. Wow. But he went turn turn one, fetch, underground sea, careful study. Okay, yeah. Discard, bridge from below, and 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 a land, maybe? I, I honestly can't remember what his second card was. It wasn't relevant. 
Okay. All right. So, I I am able to dash Ragavan, I think. Or maybe I played a Ragavan on turn one instead of a Delver. No, I played a Ragavan on turn one instead of a Delver because he went to 18. And I reveal Cabal Therapy off the top of his... Um, off the top of his deck. So I get to Cabal Therapy him. So I've seen Underground Sea, Careful Study, Bridge from Below in his Graveyard. What do you put him on? What do you name with the Cabal Therapy? Because I cast it targeting him. And I, I made a bad call, and I'll tell you why I made a bad call. I would either... I'd be thinking right there either Stoneforge Mystic or um, Hogak. Okay, so it was Hogak. For some reason, I thought that it was Dredge. Um, oh yeah, no, I wouldn't have thought Dredge. I would have thought yeah, it was it's the, uh, the underground the underground Hogak. sea like wouldn't have happened in Dredge. Yeah, I one hundred percent just like forgot about Hogak as a deck. Um, as soon as he cast the um, the careful study, I was like, oh, you're playing Reanimator. He's like, maybe. <laughs> but for I saw I saw the bridge from below. I automatically like swapped to Dredge. And in my mind, I was like, the only card I kind of lose to is Breakthrough right now. So I named Breakthrough, which was obviously a bad call. But I got to see his hand, and he just wasn't able to deal with the um, the Ragavan. Really? I Yeah, I mean, like, he had a Hogak. Uh, I had a Swords. He had another Bridge for below, from below. But I was able to play... Um, uh, I was able to play Stoneforge Mystic. And if he tried anything with the Bridges... I would have been able to sacrifice one of my creatures to the altar of dementia that I stole from him on the next turn. <laughs> so like he like I, he he just had no play with the bridges. Wow. He wasn't able to deal with my board, and um, I can't remember if I had to force a will anything, but like it, it was just his draw lined up very poorly with me having his um, his altar. Right, right. Interesting. Um, yep. And then in game two. Like, I just had too much stuff on the sideboard. Like, he wasn't able to attack my hand. Um, he mulliganed, and he what was What did you have play. in the sideboard for Hogak? Uh, so I had Surgical Extraction, an extra Swords to Plowshares, an extra Prismatic, um, Prismatic Ending. Just, like, enough stuff to exile and protect my hand yeah. that he wasn't really able to do anything. Maybe, maybe he just had very poor Hogak draws. Yeah. But I felt like... I felt like the amount of removal that I had in my deck like lined up very, very well against what he was trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that you are better than, certainly better than an average Delver deck against them. I'm just surprised that you had anything in your board because you are sort of strong against them. I guess it makes sense you'd have those cards to sort of like slightly increment, but you didn't have any haymakers, right? Just No, I, was, I wasn't bringing in like a rest in peace or anything crazy right, like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in that game... I think I basically just like dealt with his early creatures and cast a Murktide, and um, he didn't have an answer to Murktide at the end of the game in two turns. Yeah, man, I wonder how Murktide. Uh... I he so he said that he was digging to Bone Shards, yeah. and like I I like he he showed me that he saw that he sideboarded those cards in, but like just having you you think about Hogak and how it just like dominates the board when it comes down. Yeah, but that takes a lot more setup than just casting Murktide Regent for two right. mana. Yeah. Where you have a seven seven flyer that like you can you can just like beat him beat him in the face with. That's what I was just thinking about is like how it changes the dynamic of that matchup like in terms of like the, uh, you know what what turn you can not have to worry about their clock on. Mm-hmm. I mean he had um like his draw that game was like, uh, double grave crawler blood gas like something really low to the ground that I just like I could kind of ignore. Yeah. And I think I had a ragavan too. And none of those creatures can block, right. and that's just not thats not where you want to be against that card. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have a turn one discard spell, I'm guessing? Uh, I think that he had a Cabal Therapy. No, sorry. He um, uh, he had a Thought Seize, but he just took my Brainstorm. So my hand and was just like... left your Ragavan? Yes. I'm not really? sure why. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Or maybe I drew the Ragavan and yeah. got really lucky. I didn't. I didn't make sack. a note. So yeah, that that's for sure. All right. Yeah, I mean he's too well, right? You you gotta give the guy some respect. I think if the Ragavan was there, he would have taken it. Yep. No, I I I would completely agree with that. So it was probably masked in my or uh, probably drawn off the top of my deck, and uh, yeah, and that happened. Sweet. Yep. So I'm three oh six oh. And uh, I get paired at table one against um, 
Tom Kessler, who won the tournament. My my old partner. Really? Yeah, that's my uh, that's your teammate. My, my whatever you call it. Tom Tom Kessler and I played in the the GPS and shit together. For oh, a nice. Alright, so I really like him. Uh, I think I've gotten very fortunate in the matches that I've played against him, uh, and this was just like no no different. Um, he was playing green white depths, yeah, and I just had every answer to what he was trying to do. I had a wasteland when I needed it. Um, I was uh, I was able to get Ragavans active in game one. I was able to um, to land Merktide in game two. And I had enough removal for his um, Elvish Reclaimers, which were like really good for him all tournament. Yeah, I'm but sure. But in a deck in a deck with four bolt, three plow, and two ending, it was just like wasn't. Uh... Yeah, you do seem like uniquely well positioned against that deck. Yeah, I mean, it was just like the the removal suite was beautiful. The clock that this deck put on was like it was a legit. Clock. I meant to ask this before. What did you have in terms of basics and Caracas? Okay, none. Um, no basics, no Caracas. Yeah, I no actually Krakus cut. Board? I cut a land. No Caracas in the board. I cut a land wow. from from uh, from the list. The original list had nineteen land, four wasteland, three of each duel, eight fetches, and then a plateau. And yeah. I cut the plateau to add an expressive iteration because I wanted to play that card. I think if I was going back, I'd probably play the nineteenth land. But like, it um. It worked out for me this tournament. The difference between 19 and 18 seemed really small. Yeah. And um, because I was playing Merktide instead of the true name nemesis that was originally in the list, I felt like I could cut the land. Gotcha. Yep. So that was uh, was a really, like, kind of quick match. Actually, in game two, he was on the play, and he had, like, the the Mox Diamond opener, where Mm -hmm. I thought that he was going to be able to, uh, like, land a turn one library, which I had the wear for. And I was like, like my hand was just like so perfectly positioned to be able to deal with what he did, um, because I was able when he didn't play the Sylvan Library. I can't remember what his turn one play was, but um, but I was able to kill his Mox Diamond and um, waste his duel. And I think he was stuck on white mana for a while, or just stuck with just having white mana for a while. Uh, um, so that's that's sweet though. I didn't know Tom won the tournament until now. Yeah. Yep. No, he won. He won the whole thing. Uh, I watched. I watched the top eight on the stream he played really well um but i i had a very very fortunate set of hands against him and i think the the deck was structured pretty well to beat to beat depths yeah for sure i had a crack so i i kind of had that deck together in paper after i bought the cards just because i i could put it together yeah and uh i had a caracas in the sideboard and a, a basic planes uh that i was like debating whether to play or not Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that Rob has a plateau, you said? Yes. Interesting. So uh, I'm 4-0. I haven't lost a game. And uh, I'm getting ready for round five. And here's where, like, I guess, like, the controversy starts a little bit. Because I know that I'm going to be able to finish playing the Swiss. But I'm not going to be able to play in the top eight. Because my wife had a surprise birthday party for her friend that I absolutely needed to be home at like 5.15 to um, to take care of my kid. So what time is it now? Like 1 o'clock. This is round 4. We started at 10. Oh. Uh, so maybe maybe it's 2 o'clock at the end of round 4. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to have enough time to finish the 7 rounds of Swiss and make it home before 5 o'clock. But I absolutely know that I'm not going to be able to stick around for top 8. Right. And because it's seven rounds and I'm undefeated, if I win round five, then I can either double draw or draw and scoop, and I'm locked for top eight. Right. So I ask, uh, I ask the head judge what would happen if somebody made top eight but they weren't able to play in top eight, whether or not they'd receive the prize. And before round five, the answer that I got was yes. So before I sit down to play the round five feature match that's on the Leaving a Legacy stream, I'm like, okay, if I win this and I can draw next round, then I can just concede, lock up top eight, and um, and, and be home. I, I'll get my name in the top eight, uh, I'll get my $150, and it's unfortunate that I won't be able to play in top eight, but I, but I earned it, and I'll get my prize, and, and then somebody else will win the tournament. Hmm. 
obviously, I would have loved to stick around and play in top eight. But family is way more important than staying at a magic event. And I'm not going to tell my wife that she can't go to this birthday party because I'm, I'm playing a game. Um, I made that commitment I was going to end up being home. Mm-hmm. All right. So I sit down. I play against Mono Red. And uh, my opponent mulligans to five in game one. Mono Red what? Uh, Mono Red Blood Moon. Like oh. the, the Blood Moon Stompy deck. Yeah. Um, I actually think it was Zach's exact list. This yep. is on the uh, the feature match of the Leaving a Legacy stream, and he um, he plays. He's on the play off of all the five, Tapland, Chromox, Exile, Blood Moon gets forced. Uh, then I untap and Prismatic his Chromox. Did you know what you were playing against when you kept your seven? No, but okay. I mean, like it was wow. just it was just like an all round good seven. It was like. It was one of those beautiful hands that you look at where, like, you have Force Days, Cantrip, enough land, and a threat. Yeah. Where I didn't know what I was playing against, but, like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're keeping that against everybody. I was just curious because, you know, top tables, whatever. Yep. Yeah, no, I didn't know what he was playing. Uh, I didn't mulligan to a Force. I just had it. And, um, and I was able to just basically dump his entire hand and leave him with just a tap land after I prismatic his Chromox. And I think he got stuck on colored sources for a while, and I was um, I was able to beat him down. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what I beat him down with, but the the game ended pretty quickly. Oh, so actually, I think I my threat was Merktide, and I just ended up bolting him a bunch of times to get enough cards in the graveyard to make Merktide big. Yeah. So it was like bolt, bolt, bolt. Oh, sorry, bolt, bolt, Merktide, bolt, attack with Merktide, and the game was over. Yeah. Um, and then in the second game, I actually mulled a five. And there was this moment where I took a look at my se- uh, my seven. And it was one of those things where you look at and you're like, should I do this? On the draw. On the draw, perfect seven, no land. What do you mean it perfect like seven? It was like force, force, days, brainstorm, ponder, ragavan, something. Were you seven playing force complete- negation, man? Uh, one force of negation main, one on the side. And I ended up having four force, uh, two negation sideboard. Wait, what? So I, I had one force of negation in the main deck. Yeah. And an additional one in the sideboard. Yeah. So in this game, I had a, a total of six forces. Gotcha, okay, yeah. Um, and I think the, the two that I had in my hand in, in game two, one was force of will, one was force of negation. Okay. Uh, so I... I was deciding whether or not that's worth to keep on the draw, because I had already mulliganed. It was basically perfect. I, I, obviously, it doesn't have a land, but if I hit that land, then it's like I'm in a really good spot. So that's your six? That was my six, and I yeah. didn't keep it. I mulliganed. The top card was a fetch land. I know I shouldn't have looked, um, but I mulled the five. I had a force, and um, I forced whatever their play was on turn one. I think I prismatic their Chrome Mox again. And he was able to land an early ensnaring bridge that I couldn't deal with. But I was able to land um, a Stoneforge Mystic into Cauldra. And we basically just went back and forth for a while. He kind of flooded out and drew a bunch of lands. And then eventually I drew a prismatic ending. And um, I actually did some math wrong. I had a JIT on Cauldra, or on the last turn. I had, like, double bolt in my hand. Um, he was at eight life. And I was 100% sure that he was priced into blocking the Cauldra um, because he had he had uh, quite a bit of power on the board, but he had a Simeon Spirit Guide that he card cast on the previous turn. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that because he was forced into, like, priced into blocking, because he could be dead to land bolt, that I didn't even do the math for the swing back. And I attached my JIT to the Cauldra using the Wasteland I had in play mm-hmm. instead of a colored mana source. And he had a Den of the Bugbear, like the D&D version Den of the Bugbear that I had just seen for the first time when he played it at the beginning that, um, that I just completely forgot made a token. So I did the math wrong, but then he passed back to me um, and I was just able to bolt him. So uh, I think we so, both. Okay, I gotcha. 
we, we both ended up making a mistake with like what was on the board. He thought because I had the active, active JIT, he couldn't kill me. Um, but because the Den of the Bugbear made a token and I didn't leave up my Wasteland, I think it would have been for um, for exactly my life total. He didn't think you had a plow or something? Well, no, so he had um, he had a Trinisphere out as well. If oh. if the Trinisphere wasn't out, then I would have just been able to bolt him after he didn't block. I gotcha. So the reason why I thought he was priced into blocking was uh, I had my draw step, hadn't played a land... And uh, I guess he can't like he can't read that I that I had the bolts, but I had bolts sitting in my hand for like most of the game, um, and I would just wasn't able to cast it right there because of the Trinisphere. Gotcha. So it was like a little messy, and nobody caught it on coverage. But looking back on it, I just needed to not tap my wasteland because the art on Den of the Bugbear and me being unfamiliar with the card just like uh, just kind of threw me off, and I didn't I didn't make the right play there. But, I still don't know what the card is, by the way. So it's um it's a red creature land that uh I think it comes into play tapped if you have more than two land. Let I need to look it up because I forgot what it does too. But it basically turns into a three two creature that makes a token when it attacks, I believe. Okay. Um let me let me go. I think it. I remember that now. Uh so yeah, if you control two or more other lands, then when it comes into play and enters tapped, it adds red, and it animates for four, for three and a red, and until the end of the turn, it becomes a 3-2 goblin, which, whenever it attacks, create a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking. Got it. So, um, I didn't navigate around that card very well. But in the coverage that I watched, Zach was actually saying that if I was smart... I would have brought in Cataclysm, and the Cataclysm is just like a brutal card for the mono red deck. <laughs> and I believe I believe him that it's brutal for that, but I absolutely didn't take that line. I didn't bring in the Cataclysms. I would have thought that like bringing in a double white card when you have no um, when you have no basics and no way to cast it against, would be kind of bad yeah. against a deck that's trying to play like seven Blood Moons on you. Enchantments and artifacts and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know that it, it does a it does a number on their support cards. Um, but I, I, I guess I kind of felt like uh, if I'm getting to four mana and I'm able to cast my spells and I'm probably winning that game anyway, uh, mm -hmm. I, I guess it 100% would take care of like the um, Trinisphere Karn games. It completely wipes out their Planeswalkers and does does all sorts of things. Um, so maybe maybe it is worth bringing in, but that's something that Zach said was a very good card against Mono Red, and I'll keep it in mind for, for the Legacy Pit event. I never thought about that, actually. Yeah, I absolutely... Like, I just... I never thought about that card in that matchup. I always considered it for, like, the Bant, Bant Miracle-style decks. So. Right. Yeah. Huh. All right. So, I'm 5-0. Haven't lost a game. Intentionally draw with my opponent in the next round. It's a seven-round event. I'm 5-0-1. I'm third in the standings. I have 100% game win percentage. And my opponent's match win percentage is actually pretty good um, because the people who I had played before were, were winning. And this is maybe right around 315. Mm -hmm. All right? I mean, we can go back and watch the coverage. Maybe it's not 315. Maybe it's 330. But it's, it's really close to that. And I know that when I concede to my next round opponent, I'm locked for top eight. So, I ask the judge, told him my situation, um, I said, listen, here's my situation, here's what I want to do. I'm locked for top eight, I would like to concede my next round match to my opponent. I will stay around for the beginning of that round if you need me to concede in person, but what I would like to do is to tell you that I'm conceding to my opponent and then go home early. Because I'm not going to play top eight. I'm gonna qualify for it, but I'm, I'm just gonna end up conceding my match there. And if I can save an extra 45 minutes or an hour right now by telling you I'm conceding my last round and I don't wanna get dropped, can I do that? So I asked two judges. They bring me over to the acting head judge. Hmm. because Sean is on a break. And I had already talked to Sean about 
hey, if I, if somebody makes top eight and they can't play top eight, but they made top eight, do they get their prizes? Hmm. And the acting head judge says yes. So I leave thinking I'm in the clear, thinking I'm going to finish five one and one. I am not going to get dropped because I cleared it with almost the entire judge staff and the acting head judge at the time. I told the people in coverage what was going on. I told the judges what was going on. I told my opponents what was going on. And everybody said that it was cool. So I get in my car, and I leave, and I drive home, and I get home, and I look at the final standings, and I see myself in sixth place after conceding, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see my name in top eight. I'm excited to turn on top eight and, like, watch the rest of it with, like, my name there, and maybe they say, oh, it's unfortunate, like, he had a family thing, he had to go home, but but he had a great day today. Mm. And I see that ninth place got moved into the top eight. They cut my prizes, didn't put my name on the list. All the things that they said that they were not going to do before I left. <laughs> and you saw, I mean, you, I, yeah. I don't want to go too much into the specifics of like the <sighs> chats that were involved after that with people yeah. trying to deal with it. But I was, I was told to talk to the T.O. Uh, the T.O. called me rude and disrespectful and wouldn't talk to me for a day or two. Um, had a really awful follow-up conversation regarding the prizes and how things were going to go today that, like, I want to go into the details of, but I'm not, I'm not going to be, like, a jerk about it. Uh, I, I feel extremely, like, disrespected and that I got, like, scummed out of my prizes and, like, what, what I cared about more was just, like, seeing my name in the top eight. I feel like I got ripped off and robbed with the decisions that got made after doing everything that I could to, to clear up any miscommunication before I left. And uh, Pat, Pat and Jerry, like, Jerry kind of told me it was my fault. Yeah. He's like, you just, you trusted the wrong judge. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I finished in sixth place. It's more important that I get my prize than than somebody not getting a buy in the top eight. And he was like, you're absolutely wrong. Uh, it's it's worse for coverage. Uh, you, like, you, you left, you don't get a prize. Like, things that, if, when you look up the, the tournament rules, like, it doesn't say that at all. They basically didn't follow the MTR and uh, tried to blame me for it. So I worked out a deal with Pat and Jerry to where, like, I, I didn't want to back down from this. Because the difference between, like, the $150 and I would have got and the $75 that they supposedly said was offered to me isn't that much. But I kind of wanted to make it a sticking point, so we decided that uh, we, we were going to make matching donations to charity, where I would donate that money to charity, to Room to Grow, actually, because our yeah. podcast had done quite a bit of work with Room to Grow, and, and Pat and Jerry would, would match that. And I was kind of happy with that um, until, until I got a message uh, this morning, two days after the event, about how no, I don't, I don't get to decide where that money goes. That's not my money. Um, and had like kind of like a really long, drawn out, uh, completely disrespectful conversation, where, um, where I think I've, I think I'm just not going, going to go back to that store anymore. Oh wow! Like it's just I, I, it was so awful. The conversation was just so bad that I was thinking, is this real life right now? And I think I think I like uh, summarize the conversation in our Discord, and I just like I'm I'm still kind of frustrated because the money isn't going to Room to Grow, it's going to another good charity. But I think there was a little bit of like a like a power ego struggle mm-hmm. with with who has control over the situation. Right. right. The like the t- the TO is the one that pays the prizes and determines everything. So even though I finished the tournament in sixth place according to the Wizards standings. I don't have a leg to stand on because it's the TO's call. Like, I, I find that completely and utterly bullshit, given all the steps that I took to clear, to clearly communicate my situation and and, and to to have it sort of stripped away from me like that was just brutal. Um, yeah. But that I mean that that's the stuff that happened this weekend that you saw, and I'm not gonna like go out of my way to trash anybody, but I'm I'm still really frustrated and i feel completely disrespected with uh 
with how all of it with how all of it happened. Um, so right. So that's 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 where we end the the saga of me not losing a game and um, finishing in top eight and then having having it completely erased. <laughs> like I just like I, I I can't I can't describe how frustrated I was. But I'm gonna get to go to the Legacy Pit event. I had a I had yeah. an awesome time playing Magic, like absolutely awesome time playing Magic, and the tournament was great. Like. I had an amazing time up until the end when I had to deal with that situation. And for, like, somebody to tell me that I'm the bad guy when I clearly communicated with everybody who was in the judge staff that I could do this, I guess I just should have tried to find Michelle in her office and talk to her about it. But I figured that since the scorekeeping was being done through the app and the judges were the ones that were judging the tournament, that's who I needed to talk to. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in an uh, awkward situation. I guess for disclosure's sake, obviously, you know, we have our podcast and then Jerry and Pat are two of my very good friends from the past five years or whatever, probably more at this point. And I was supposed to be in Sean's wedding party, but uh, it, I had a conflict of schedule, and obviously I w- went to Michelle's wedding. and So, like, I, I am good friends or have, have been good friends with everybody in this <laughs> involved in this story, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and I still I still like all of them. Like, I was, like, frustrated with, with some people. Uh, I wasn't frustrated with Sean. I wasn't frustrated with Pat. Um... I still like I still like and respect all of them, yeah. but I I feel like I just got put in a really bad position and the rug got pulled out from under me and uh, and it didn't get handled in a proper manner. Like, in what world is seventy five dollars worth this? Yeah. Like how? I don't know. I guess <laughs> well, I don't I don't own a store. I don't know how much that seventy five dollars matters. Um, but in what world is $75 worth that feel bad of a moment? And the thing was, like, there was somebody in Twitch chat who complained, ah, I finished in 17th place, didn't get prize, thanks Tom Smiley. Like, the fuck are you complaining about? You finished in 17th place, you didn't get prize because you finished in 17th. Like, yeah. it was a clean cut to top eight, and uh, the ninth place person got moved up because it would be a feel bad thing to have uh somebody miss out on breakers and then somebody in top eight get a buy like i don't i don't give a shit follow the rules i finished in sixth give me my prize i wish Um, that i had known about twitch chat in this situation because i absolutely would have gone in there and posted that that was fucking genius whoever posted that is a fucking genius so listen like I, i like i i was i watched the whole thing as this was unfolding i didn't say a thing in twitch chat I, like, didn't say a thing on the Leaving a Legacy page because I just wanted to leave the whole thing out of it. But, like, I, I felt like I just had to talk about this because it was yeah. just such, like, a, like an awful moment. Um, right. And I, I still don't feel like I did anything wrong. So if, Dude, I'm, if I'm wrong about that, like, like, please, like, call me out. But uh, No, I mean, there's two there, – I have two thoughts on it. First of all, I, I was sort of, like, poking everybody for, like, a little bit more information just, like, because it Like, it whose decision seem, it was? It how didn't did it seem – like, like, who – yeah, like, who said, wait, why – he's not here and blah, blah, blah. And, like, somebody has to spearhead that, right? That, that sort of – the impetus for asking the questions and whatever, right? So mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out who that was exactly, like who 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 was perceived to be slighted, and whether there was any background that might, I might be missing. But uh, also, I think it, it really does kind of speak to the difference in philosophy, right? Because like we, uh, you know, you, me, and and also Pat, I guess, are uh, competitors first, right? Like. Um, I don't, I don't view magic tournaments as like, like the word fair or like anything like that. Like, you know, d- doesn't ever come into it for me. It's just like a competition, right? It's like, well, okay, so yeah, it's a competition. Yeah, I wanted to do the best I could, but if before my round four match, 
I was told that there was going to be no way that I would receive my top 8 prize if I couldn't play in top 8, I probably would have scooped to my round 5 opponent after we played. True, true. Like, I went into the day thinking I'm probably I'm probably not going to have a chance to, to, to cash. I haven't played Magic in a year and a half. I'm here to have fun and see people. And then the day worked out to where I just crushed it, and I, I saw that I had an opportunity to, to top 8, and I took it. Like... That's my opportunity. It's not anybody else's. If you're mad about not making top eight, then don't lose twice. Right. Like, I, uh, I don't know. I it, it left me extremely salty and frustrated, especially with the way that it was resolved in the end. Um, but there, there's $150 is getting donated to um, a very good charity. Not the charity that that we wanted the money to get donated to, but a very good charity. That's that's uh, the money will will go to good cause. Uh, I, I just the conversations I had with people in the follow up were just so disrespectful. I'm not going to go back. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can sleep on it. Maybe, maybe cooler heads will prevail. On, on, you know, maybe there will be a follow up to all this from some of the parties involved. I don't know. I, I don't think there's going to be. Um, I think, I think the ship I don't sailed. Either, honestly, yeah. but. That that really sucks, man, and I can't help but feel maybe because I'm a child of divorce, I can't help but feel like this is partially my fault. It might be the narcissist <laughs> in me. It might be the, uh, you know. No, the, I thought honestly, I thought I had a good relationship with everybody involved until this happened. Over seventy five dollars, <laughs> seventy five fucking dollars. Like well, like the the accusations of your you know internalized misogyny i can't okay help. no 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 i don't want to talk about, like listen i can't help I, but feel like maybe that's you know my personality being reflected on you because of yeah i so you're my so there, there were parts of the conversation that i didn't want to bring up in the podcast because like my wife is a very reasonable person and i had her read all of the communication <laughs> all of the communication and she's like, yeah, like it. It seems like you are being very reasonable, and this other person isn't. But don't don't make it about that statement, because that statement, like, just it, it's not worth being brought up. So let's just not talk about that. Uh, I that that was one of the reasons why I felt completely disrespected. Um, yeah, it, but, well, it's uh, funny because like you are, you're not like performatively. Uh, feminist or for lack of a better word egalitarian or whatever no 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 but i'm just saying like you are probably if i had to say the the person who i know who i believe is the most sincerely feminist or whatever it would probably be you yeah and i mean like it's not but it's like it's not even about that like i understand that uh, i I just i don't want to talk about it like it's it's (laughs) gonna bring up a whole bunch of other stuff yeah i'm sorry i'm not trying to i just I, I uh, I'm not trying yeah, to poke the bear it. or anything. I just thought that it was it was worth uh worth defending you maybe. I I appreciate that, but yeah, it it, it doesn't it doesn't matter to the to the facts of what happened at the tournament and how it got resolved. Like now, I have the, to ask the worst one. part is like I could have and I asked the judges like, "Hey, I can stay and concede in person if this is going to make a difference." And they're yeah. like, "No, like your 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 record will be in top 8." Right. And th- there's never been in any event that I've worked at, and I've worked at Grand Prix, an invisible attendance check at the end of Swiss. That doesn't happen. The match results go in, right, you figure right. out the top eight standings, you announce it, and that's the top eight. And they added in this extra step to screw me out of top eight after I already cleared it with the judges. Like, I'm in sixth place in the Magic Tournament standings, and I'm nowhere to be found on the top eight list that got posted, or the prizes. Like, it's just a joke. <clears throat> anyway, that's yeah, I'm done I'm done talking about it. I got it off my chest. That step, see, in my opinion, that step is probably, like, the top 16 being paid out, right? And maybe the whoever was in ninth complained about it. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but... Yeah, I mean, I I don't care who complained about it. Like right, the right. the results are what they are, um, but I I ended up getting seventy five dollars um, from the tournament that's being donated to charity. Pat and Jerry are matching that, and I, I'm happy on the money end. But this wasn't about the money to me. Like it just wasn't. Um, 
it was about how the ending got handled and, and how they just sort of erased my performance. Uh, I felt I felt kind of disrespected and uh, I felt that way continually through the follow-up conversations. Yeah. So I just have to ask one more question. Do you feel like maybe this has to do with any uh, substances you've been taking? Any uh, Any supplements maybe that you've been... Oh, no, no, no. No, you I don't think, think it has to do anything off with the, a certain, the testosterone replacement. A sort of, no, I had my so aura. I had my follow up blood test, uh-huh. and it's like perfectly normal now. So I'm not like I'm not like a raging raging roidhead going. I finished well, this right, thing. but I mean, my, there's give me my money. Rawr, I want that money to be donated to Room to Grow. <laughs> like ah, like there's <laughs> but there's there's subtle like you know there's like what pheromone what what's the word not not pheromones but like you know the uh neurotransmitters yes exactly like i no because like I, you're not you're not such... just shedding in addition to the spike proteins you're not just shedding <laughs> this like sort of aggressive no machismo. i had i had such a great time at the tournament like i had such a great time being there just seeing people and having conversations and like <laughs> i gave jerry and pat a hug and it was great like i'm not i i mean <laughs> It's. I don't. Th- I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that at all. But, well, you know what they say, man. There's many tracks lead into the cave of the bear, but only the bears lead out. I don't want to talk about bears. I'm still triggered by the den of the bug bear <laughs> art that I that I tossed back across the table. <laughs> um, but I can't wait to play in the Legacy Pit event. Like I just had so much fun playing Magic, and I miss it. And I really hope COVID doesn't doesn't wreck any plans for. For what we have coming up because like i get to go to the legacy pit event i get to go to the 100k i, I don't think the 100k is still going to happen wait but, like, what uh, when, it, the, when is the it hun- supposed to happen supposed to happen the s- second to last week of october in um st louis maybe in maybe in illinois like i can't remember where it is but it's but you don't the, think it's going to happen well i mean like COVID is coming back it's going to be the beginning of the fall I don't know what venue requirements are going to be. I don't know how that's going to work. So I think- wait, I, see, this is a problem because I'm not really on social media anymore. So I, I forgot about this tournament altogether. So yeah. where do you hear about this? Uh, I mean, I registered for this tournament two years ago. Right, I know. But like, are you getting like email updates? Because I registered too, but I'm not. Oh, no, there's there hasn't been email updates. I've just been following Jeremy Aronson on Twitter. Okay. So maybe maybe I missed a Twitter post and like, the tournament's already been postponed, but I'm hoping it I can still go. Okay. Yeah, because I, I completely forgot about that. I mean, I, I'm obviously looking forward to the Legacy Pit. That's the only thing I, I remembered that was going on this fall, so. Yep. I can't wait. It's going to be a great time. I forgot all about the, the St. Louis thing. Yep. Well, I mean, if you're going to be there, that would be awesome, but, uh, but I'm definitely going to be at the pit. Yeah, bro. So that is um, three weeks from now, I guess? Little yeah, under uh, the 18th. So, yeah, three weeks. Bro, I'm playing in the uh, Midwest Open dart tournament the weekend before. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, like, more worried about that than I am the Legacy Pit right now. We have Phase 2 of the Burning Crusade is being released on Wednesday, <laughs> the Wednesday before that uh, Wait, event. was that a real thing in, in, like, original WoW? Yeah, the the raids were released in phases. Okay, gotcha. um, So the... Wednesday it releases at 6 o'clock my time. I took a personal day on Thursday because our plan (laughs) is to raid uh, 6 at night my time to 1 in the morning my time and then wake up at 10 in the morning and raid all day until it's all done. So I have uh, Thursday I'm playing... Wednesday I'm playing video games, Thursday I'm playing video games, go to work Friday, drive down to the Legacy Pit, play Legacy. Like, it's going to be an awesome week. It's going to be such an awesome week. Wow. Yeah. That is... uh... That's intensity. Well, I uh, I wish you luck, bro. I'm I'm honestly I'm so disappointed to hear that the reason that you left was legitimate. I was positive that you were leaving to lead a raid. And no, that was gonna no, make like, this all I, so much sweeter. Than, no, honestly, <laughs> I would have found somebody to cover to cover for raid leading. I would have yeah, played the yeah, topic. Yeah. Like absolutely. But I like I needed to be home to take care of my son. I know, I get it now. That. It, so that I just was looking forward to laughing really hard about. Yeah, I would have. Uh, I would have found somebody else to lead it. Absolutely. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, all's well that that ends well. I guess. I, I want to thank everybody who was wearing dead format shirts when I showed up. That was like. That really was awesome. happened. Yeah. Oh, sick. 
in fact, um, we we the the T-shirt link for the Grateful Dead Dead Format T-shirts is still live. Really? And I think I think I ended up giving it to three people who asked about it. Bro, I gotta I want to get another one of those because um, I only ever got the one. I don't know if you like ordered it for me or if I I don't remember the circumstances, but I would have ordered more than one if I thought mm-hmm. about it. So that's well, cool. it's still live. You can still get them. And Sick. I'll send you the link because you're not in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, please do send me a link. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. Um, anything else? I think that's a wrap. No, I mean, like, thanks for letting me vent. I don't even know that if I should keep that in the podcast, but, like... No, leave it. Dude, ev- everybody, I, we didn't Everybody in the Discord was like, yeah, you're locked for top eight. And then, like, I got messages like, like, dude, like, what happened? And I just, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel right about how everything ended, so... Yeah, I got no. my I got my venting in. Uh, I still like everybody involved. I feel you. I mean, 